Welcome to the weekly edition of ESG Now, where we cover how the environment, our society, and corporate governance affects and is affected by our economy. I'm your host, Mike DiCibato, and I feel like I haven't slept in a week, so we are going to take the inverse of our usual episode layout, and we are going to have our hot take first, where Rick Marshall tells us what it means that the World Economic Forum, for the first time ever, put the climate crisis in all of its top five spots for its annual risk report. And then CU Liu and Andrew Young join me to discuss how the new California Consumer Privacy Act that took effect on January 1st of this year changes how companies collect and use our personal data. Thanks as always for joining us. Stay tuned. After getting feedback from nearly 800 global experts and decision makers, the World Economic Forum put the climate crisis in the top five risks listed in its annual risk report. This is a first for the report in its 15-year history and points to the dire situation facing humanity in the coming decade. And since this is at the top of my mind and the mind of the financial world as a whole, as well as since it coincides with BlackRock's announcement that sustainable investing was the new standard, I thought we would get Rick Marshall to tell us what this all means at the start of our show. So Rick, what do you make of this troubling but also, in a way, comforting realism from the World Economic Forum? I think this is the reality we face. I think the climate crisis is here. And these, um, these five issues have risen to the top because that is reality. For me, of course, it's a, it's a governance question. And I think the, the governance story here that's most important is that essentially from here on, the single most important qualification for being an effective corporate director will be a willingness and an ability to confront the climate crisis while still keeping an eye on business. So any of the top companies, they need to have a climate scientist on their board? I think that's where it's most critical. Uh, But note that I'm not really talking about climate scientists. I'm talking about every director having, uh, as I said, a willingness and an ability to confront the crisis. So that means they've got to be informed about it. They've got to believe in it. They've got to be... um, cognizant of the fact that committing their company to affecting positive change in that area is a critical part of simply surviving, not to mention flourishing as a company. And I don't think it's just the biggest companies either. I think this extends throughout every sector, no matter how material climate issues are to their day-to-day business operations. Every company has to recognize that this crisis is real, and it's here, and it's now, and we have to confront it. Okay, now that we've raised the existential anxiety meter, we can enter into my next favorite concern, regulations. Regulations are like children. They are extremely beneficial to our society, and you got to pay attention to them, but there are often too many of them in one space, and they can make a mess. A new regulation was birthed in California just in time for the new decade, and it related to the processing of personal data for California residents. It's called the California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA. And the CCPA grants any natural person 
who is a Californian resident that they have the right to know what personal information is collected, used, shared, sold, or both. They have the right to delete personal information held by businesses. They have the right to opt out of the sale of personal information. This means a company has to put on a do not sell button on their website for consumers to click. And Californians have the right to non-discrimination in terms of price or service when a consumer exercises a privacy right under the CCPA. Now that last one is interesting because it means if you as a consumer decide not to share your data with, let's say Spotify, for example, Spotify can't come back and say, okay, well, you only get to listen to every other song on that album you love. But the regulation has a weird loophole in it that is likely to be exploited by the very companies most are concerned about when it comes to the misuse of data, Facebook and Google. A big part of the CCPA is that the regulation pertains to businesses that directly sell data. This does not include companies that use data to attract advertisers or use data in their normal business operations. Basically what Facebook does is it collects personal data for use in its business and it doesn't directly sell it. So while they will have to disclose more under the CCPA, they won't have to provide Californians with a do not sell option whenever you log onto your Facebook. Which is odd because remember the big issue with Cambridge Analytica? Well, it got the data through a third party app and it wasn't sold the data. It just got to conduct quote, business operations with that data. Meaning this regulation only requires a disclosure, not the prevention of a, a situation like Cambridge Analytica from happening again. Still, most companies are going to fall under the CCPA in some way, whether it's through better disclosure or in the case of data brokers, which are companies that sell data directly to other companies, be actually limited by the regulation. And given that California is the fifth largest global economy right ahead of the UK, the CCPA is going to touch most global companies that want to continue to do business in the state. So I decided CU Liu and Andrew Young should join me to discuss this. And CU, I'd like you to start us off you cover telecommunications, media, and entertainment businesses, many of which are located in California. How do you think the CCPA affects those companies? They, for, for I guess for telecom, who have been collecting consumer data for ages, uh, they, they are required to inform the consumers what type of data they're collecting before, before they ask for consent. Uh, for I guess for telecom, the type of business they the type of consumer data they're collecting are are uh, mostly known to the consumer because of their relatively stable, established business model. But that's not saying that there could be new ways of uh, of um, collecting different type of data, like we, what we see now with the with the prevalent of uh, media streaming platforms that how different behavior preferences data are being collected. Um, so that that's going to change um, for companies who are converging vertically, going to digital uh, uh, streaming platforms and other type of uh, digital platform businesses. Yeah, that's um, a good point, because like Disney Plus now collects a lot of information on consumers, right? Right, right. So are they going to have to deal with something like the CCPA where they have to start disclosing to people that, hey, we're collecting what your watching habits are so we can better uh, fit the type of shows that we advertise to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of as a as a trade off. They're 
they want to get closer to consumers having that direct consumer relationship, then the trade-off is that you have to uh, comply with the, the, the act because you are directly collecting consumer data now. Andrew Young is here also. And Andrew, you cover some of the companies that work in the shadows of data collection, like Google and Facebook and Amazon. I started off this segment noting this might not change their business operations in a material way. Do you agree with that? They they already have in place the the necessary um, channels. Uh, if if for example, uh, if if in Europe you wanted to understand what information Google has about you, you can do that. Now they can just open that up to to California, so they have those channels already in place. And I I feel like it like fundamentally it it won't impact these businesses because of these. Um, these provisions underneath each of these consumer rights. So um, where you can opt out of a business selling your data that does not apply to advertising or marketing services. Um, if you, you can, you can uh, ask a company what, what data they have on you or please to delete the data, um, but that does not apply to third-party cookies that these companies are placing um, on every single website that you visit. Right, and just to explain, third-party cookies are the web pages that are behind a web page. You see when you go to a site to do, let's say, a little online shopping. And there was a scandal where Ireland's data protection regulator accused Google of using background or hidden web pages that were, was collecting uh, people's data, and Google was using them to circumvent any regulation. Actually, that cookies thing is not covered by the CCPA regulation. It's covered by this thing called the AB370, which is a do not track law in California, which kind of just goes to prove to the point that there are a lot of regulations on the book that companies need to pay attention to. And there might perhaps one day need to be a consolidation of those regulations on the federal level for the US, uh, as the EU did with their GDPR regulation. But CU there is this provision in the CCPA regulation in California that touches on something we kind of talk about all the time on this podcast, and it's the actual worth of consumer data and whether one day personal data will become a stranded asset for companies because it will be too expensive for them to use because people will be so freaked out about it. And the CCPA regulation says this, quote, businesses must disclose financial incentives offered in exchange for the retention or sale of a consumer's personal information and explain how they calculate the value of personal information. I mean, that means businesses now got to tell you how much your data is actually worth. See, that's pretty monumental, isn't it? People can start saying, hey, if that data is worth a million dollars, you know, in, in the top echelons of data usage, why don't I, as a owner of that data, go sell it to the more sustainable company over there that's not going to use it uh, for nefarious purposes? Um, <laughs> I, I think it's more, they would not, I mean, if I am the business, I would not want to disclose that value. So this provision here is more of like, in order for you, if you don't want to disclose that value to your consumers, you'd better not discriminate against any users that who want to opt out of selling, selling data. Uh, so I, I see it as more of a, guarantee for consumers to have equal treatment even if they opt out of from from business on their data okay uh, fair enough andrew i want to turn to you now because there's a lot of commentary about how this law 
is going to put undue burden on consumers by increasing the costs for quote-unquote free services because in order to provide the sort of data protection CCPA requires, uh, companies are going to have to install uh, call centers. They're going to have to figure out systems that can allow consumers to opt in and opt out of data collection. Is that a valid criticism where these costs are just going to be passed on to the consumer so it's going to be a problem for consumers whether or not the data is collected or not collected? Uh, no, 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 absolutely not. Um, I think firstly, um, if you're a business that collects the data of consumers, um, it is your responsibility to to have the necessary processes um, in place to protect that data and to provide uh, the necessary transparency to the to the, the consumer about what data you have and how you use it. I think that is part of your responsibility um, as a data uh, controller. Um, and uh, secondly, um, as we all know, uh, consumers are not the, the customers here. Um, consumers are the raw material uh, in the process. Um, so if there are any costs to pass on, like you mentioned, call centers or setting up new controls, um, uh, this will be passed on to uh, the buyers of advertising services. And uh, on a, maybe one additional uh, point to mention uh, around these uh, these criticisms around cost, um, the, the the privacy the, the privacy officer um, the regulator in Ireland uh, mentioned that since the implementation of the GDPR, there have been one thousand seven hundred new data privacy um, uh, officers appointed in Ireland. So really high skilled jobs. Uh, really uh, driving uh, a privacy economy in the country. Yeah, so Andrew, it seems there are a lot of loopholes in this regulation. As an ending thought, can you give your opinion on whether the CCPA regulation is actually useful for preventing the abuse and misuse of personal data? Or does there have to be, like I said earlier, a, a federal regulation in place in the U.S. before that can happen? I think this uh, this does carry some weight. Firstly, um, there is uh, the accountability piece, so that's holding data controllers accountable, companies that collect, hold, and process your data. Um, that data is now defined by this law. And, and also there are, there are uh, penalties uh, attributed for, for violations. Um, and it also then provides the initial momentum for, for other states to uh, enact a law. Apparently, Washington state is very close to passing uh, such a law, um, New York state as well. Um, so then that provides some momentum for a, a federal regulation. Um, there has been um, proposed federal regulation in the past, in line firstly with uh, the California AB 370, the Do Not Track uh, regulation, but that was not uh, that did not pass the, um, the the Congress. And that's our show for the week. I wanted to thank Rick and see you and Andrew for joining me this week to discuss the news with an ESG twist. And as always, I want to thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also, if you want to rate us and review us, it's a new year and it's a new me, so I am always looking to improve. Thanks again and talk to you next week.
the MSCI ESG Research podcast is provided by MSCI Inc.'s subsidiary, MSCI ESG Research LLC, a registered investment advisor under the Investment Advisors Act of 1940. And this recording and data mentioned herein has not been submitted to nor received approval from the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any other regulatory body. The analysis discussed should not be taken as an indication or guarantee of any future performance, analysis, forecast, or prediction. The information contained in this recording is not for reproduction in whole or in part without prior written permission from MSCI ESG Research. None of the discussion or analysis put forth in this recording constitutes an offer to buy or sell or a promotional recommendation of any security, financial instrument, or product or trading strategy. Further, none of the information is intended to constitute investment advice or recommendation to make or refrain from making any kind of investment decision and may not be relied on as such. The information provided here is as is, and the user of the information assumes the entire risk of any use it may make or permit to be made of the information. Thank you.